Welcome to The Success Code, where Roy Red provides interviews, discussions, strategies, and talks to help broaden your perspective on your road to cracking the success code, which is a personal, self-expressive journey. Enjoy. Ten years ago. Yeah. So I never thought about that, how you said um, when we started making our financial decisions, our age group, the millennials, the older millennials, is when the economy was messed up. Mm -hmm. Because I know just the other day, I was, um, not the other day, like the last couple months, I just, my energy was low. And I was telling myself, you need to get your energy up. You're being weak. You're not taking it to that level that you need to be taking it to. Then it came to find out I had adrenal fatigue. And so I was making a judgment on my own self when I didn't have the energy there to bring it like I wanted to bring it. And so that's kind of the same thing. If we came into a time where we were making financial decisions when the economy was down, then what happens is the context becomes we don't know how to make financial decisions at all when really the economy was down when we started making those decisions. Right. You know, and with that, it really does force us into the field, you know, into our adulthood where everybody else, you know, that are the, the, the people, the, you know, our parents, our aunts, our uncles, mm-hmm. the ones that we you know take was, was getting our advice from, mm-hmm. you know, they're scattered around and mm-hmm. stressed out and going through something that they've never went through. Yeah. So, you know, it was a time it's it was a time where the people that come before us were stressed out, don't know which way to go. So how are they really supposed to give us advice and really help mm-hmm. us when they're experiencing something new themselves? Mm-hmm. We gotta remember there was the last major breakdown in the economy at that stature. Mm-hmm was the Great Depression. Mm. Yes, there was a housing boom in the early 90s, the but it wasn't like what we experienced 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So the way we came up with the name Credit Comeback was because you know, I, I realized, look. And just the, let me let me pause there. So hi, everybody. We're just in a deep dis, uh, discussion going through like an impromptu joint right now. Um, I'm Roy Red, author of The Success Magnet, author of The Unnoticed Advantage, and host of The Success Code. And today, I'm chopping it up with my boys, Byron Grimm, CEO of Credit Comeback, best-selling author of your credit comeback. Boom. And right now, we're just talking about um, how uh, millennials and people of our generation get judged about our financial decisions and even our parents, the baby boomers, and he was just explaining to me how um, when we started making our financial decisions is when we had a big financial crisis. And the one, the financial crisis that was that big before us was the Great Depression, which was our parents' parents, what they call the greatest generation ever. That's why I feel we're the next great generation because we've been through it and you got to go through it to get through it. But uh, um Byron, just keep explaining how you came up with the idea of credit comeback and um, 
uh, why you started this company and why financial literacy is important to you? You know, the it's you know financial literacy, <laughs> literacy is, in my opinion, mm-hmm. one of the most important things that a family is able to have. You know, building that solid foundation for not only yourself, but the people who depend on you. Yeah. And the name Credit Comeback, you know, it came from, like, no, as I was was sharing, for the older millennials, we started making our own financial decisions Mm -hmm. in the beginning or in the middle of that last financial crisis that we had. And I paid attention to, you know, a lot of the people that I consider to be my big bros and the people that I looked up to. Mm -hmm. And what I realized was from, you know, 2000 Mm -hmm. up until, you know, the point of that downturn, People were living life. Yeah, they balling. Mm-hmm. You know, people got cars, kids, the Clinton boats, era. You know, the Clinton era. My favorite, well, my second favorite president after Obama. But yeah, yeah. You know, and you know, in, in you know, Clinton era and in the Bush area, mm-hmm. in the Bush era. Mm-hmm. You know, people were living life. Mm-hmm. I just say, you know, in the simplest way, they were living life, and mm-hmm. things seemed to be easy. Yeah. And then it was a downturn. Mm-hmm. So the credit, com- no credit comeback. It came, you know, you know, you know, a few years back. You know, mm-hmm. just, this has been a bubbling idea and something I've been studying and, mm-hmm. and, and investigating. Um, you know, years before I started the company, mm-hmm. but once I opened my doors to the public, credit comeback. The name came so easy mm-hmm. because. I thought about the people that I looked up to. Mm-hmm. And with noticing the change in their lifestyle mm-hmm. where there were no new cars anymore, mm-hmm. people lost their homes, yeah. people lost their businesses. And yeah. when they lost their businesses, they lost everything. everything. Yep. And it was just a total change in their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's time to make it a comeback. It's time to make it a comeback. So what I, are we going to start with? The credit comeback. I know that was that hit me because, you know, I went through some financial problems. 2012, I made a lot of money. And, like, before the crisis, I was like, let me ball it up. Got a $80,000, $100,000 car, bought a house, got some things. And when I saw the, the um, title of your book, Making Your Credit Comeback, it was entering a conversation already in my head of, I need to get my I need to get my my shit back together. I got to get my credit back, and so I just thought that was an amazing um, thing. And what you said about the housing market, you know, when I bought my house, um, you know how you can see each time it was sold, and it's a, it was a brand new house. It was only sold twice, and the first time it was sold, it was sold for like four hundred thirty-five thousand, mm-hmm. and I bought it for two thirty. And it was sold around 05, like around when they were given those crazy loans. And like, how can you, how can you give a loan to someone for 435 for that little house? It's like the banks were raping people. And the question I want to ask you, because Grant Cardone talks about how the banks use mortgages to, to um, get you into 
uh, this lifelong payments and and kind of take away your life what do you feel about um, purchasing property versus just purchasing a home and a mortgage yeah that's a really good question mm -hmm. because what a lot of us are taught now is like our debt is bad yeah. you know, stay away from debt cut up your credit cards and mm -hmm. it's the American dream to have a home yeah I've come to find that your that answer will change depending on what table you sit at and who you're having that conversation with so follow me here mm -hmm. it's the American dream for you to purchase a single-family home mm -hmm. have the white picket fence the family the dog mm -hmm. and you're stuck in this one area for that 30 year which is the most common uh, mortgage. mortgage product mm -hmm. That, that 30 years you're gonna pay your house off you're gonna retire mm -hmm. and that's just it yeah but when you do that you're you, you, you got you now you have yourself stuck yeah to that debt and you limit your flexibility on making you know on taking other risks mm -hmm. opening a business um, or buying multiple properties because you're stuck mm -hmm. to that to that one mm -hmm. so when it comes to you know, the question about, you know, my opinion mm -hmm. of using that debt to purchase a home, my opinion is to turn that bad debt into good debt. There's a such thing as good debt. Good debt yeah. Good debt really is, I believe debt should only be used mm -hmm. to generate income. To generate more income. And the way that we are able to leverage our credit to purchase property mm -hmm. is to go house hacking. Meaning, instead of buying a single family home, buy that duplex, triplex, or that fourplex, mm -hmm. which you can still get on an FHA loan. Yeah. So use that debt where you're buying a four unit property for the same price you're buying a single family home. Mm -hmm that so I was an escrow for a five unit before I got my house and I was gonna live in one because when you use the FHA first-time buyers you have to live uh, there for a year mm -hmm. but my income there would have paid the bills and four or five hundred more so it would have been like I was living there for free I'm making a little bit of extra money mm -hmm. but for what I could afford or what I qualified for in the loan, they were in areas that are a little wishy-washy. And you know, this is why it's clear to have your goals and stick to your goals. Mm -hmm. You know, fell in love, decided to do the house thing, the American dream thing, which is happy and it's great for people who wanna do that. But for someone, especially us, who have $100 million, billion dollar goals, we have to play the game different in which we have to use debt, like Byron said, to uh, create income. And it was probably one of the worst decisions in my life, but comes with the territory. Now we're back, about to, about to get a 12 unit here soon, oh. you know what I'm saying, taking it to the next level. But um, I wanted to ask you, how can someone tell who isn't financial literate like you are, what is debt that will help me make income? 
obviously we know a car isn't you know that that's gonna make you income unless you buy a bugatti floyd mayweather and those appreciate instead of depreciate but mm -hmm. um do you have any type of system strategies ways you look a faculty of observation when you go okay this debt will be okay because it's going to make me income in the long run or in the short run yeah you know what there's so many tools out there you know for us to to to, to employ yeah and it really does come down to the way the individual looks mm -hmm. at know the scope of the situation yeah so this is what I mean by that starting off either whether you're just starting off mm -hmm. or you have already you know made some not so great decisions you no know, financial decisions where you need to build things up you know I think the first thing is to you know get a small credit card at least a small credit card mm -hmm. a $300 balance Okay. You know, I just argued with somebody about that the other day. So yeah, keep yeah. going. <laughs> and you know, because like I said, look, we're a lot of us. We're taught, look, all debt is bad debt. Stay away from debt. Yeah. This is the, this is the way I look at things. So imagine this: you have an idea mm -hmm. that you want to pursue. Yeah. A, a business that man, it's like you know what? I can I can do something here. Mm -hmm. If I can get, if I can just get. A camera, a microphone, and one little light for me to carry. Mm -hmm. I will be on. I could do weddings. I can do quinceañeras. Mm -hmm. I could shoot music videos. Mm -hmm. If the church is having an event, I can go shoot something for the church. Mm -hmm. I can go donate time and go do something for a nonprofit where I'm going to be introduced to other people where I am able to do something. Yeah. Just to have that, starting off with that one passion, that one idea, mm -hmm. and that's just an example. There's a lot of, you know, everybody has their own yeah. ideas. But what if you don't have $250 for you to get the camera right away, cash in your pocket? What if you don't? Yep. I, I talk know? about that in my first book, The Success Magnet, of putting away a certain amount of income at least 10% so when these ideas present themselves you could take advantage you know I had a bad feeling well I was in a room full of multi-millionaires and billionaires mm -hmm. and they closed the doors told everybody to turn their cameras off and they said we have an opportunity to put millions of dollars in you guys' pockets please do not record listen up and the opportunity was this um, uh, Daytona Beach was uh, falling in value, the, the properties were falling in value. And so what the government does in those areas is sometimes they, they do a certain thing where everything gets really cheap and they make it really cheap and easy for investors and entrepreneurs to come in and buy everything up. And so I'm listening and the lady on stage was saying, I have insider information that they're putting a hard rock casino and hotel there and a whole just nice area right by the beach on Daytona Beach. Mm -hmm. If you go in and buy these properties, after that hotel is done, these properties are gonna quadruple in value. I didn't have no money to go in and buy not one damn property. And that hit me like, you can't not be ready for these opportunities. And these people have money. They went in, 
made condos, built condos, bought land. If you bought a condo that had 12, 15 units on it for a couple hundred grand, 300 grand, like mm -hmm. super duper cheap foreclosures, mm -hmm. build it up, make it look nice. When this hotel is done, it's done now. Now these places are being rented out for the people who work at the casino right. for tons of money and they're just bringing in income. And so if you stay ready. You don't have to get ready. Man. And see, this is a thing to go deeper into what you know you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Never saying half, you know, you're like you say, you know, set half 10% mm -hmm. put away. When you are putting away your, you know, ten percent for you to do something, mm -hmm. and you use it, you and you decide to use that ten percent mm -hmm. to, you know, generate more income, mm -hmm. make the investment using your ten percent, mm -hmm. you are still taking a risk with your own assets, mm -hmm. because cash is an asset. Mm -hmm. The name of the game is to build up your own assets mm -hmm. and keep as much of it as you can. Yeah. And when you are saving your money, saving your money, you're using your assets to take that risk. Mm -hmm. You're risking your own stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to bring it back down on a smaller scale, and I'm going to take it back on a, on a larger scale. Mm -hmm. Now, that camera, where it costs $250, but mm -hmm. you and you have a $300 credit card, mm -hmm. which is money being loaned to you, you're not coming out of pocket anything as of yet. Mm -hmm. You swipe that credit card and buy that camera and the equipment for the 250. Mm -hmm. So far, you didn't risk anything mm -hmm. of your own assets. Now you use that camera to go do jobs. Now you make $50 a week using your skills using that camera mm -hmm. it takes you five weeks to make back that 250 now you even you're even because you you still didn't risk anything now after mm -hmm. that five weeks boom now everything at that point profit is profit while in the, in the, the entire thing because the, the game that the banks play mm -hmm. is risk management that's the entire game that the bank plays right. is risk management. So now you stepped into the game risking nothing. Mm -hmm. Now you're making money with the equipment that the bank bought you. Yeah. Now let's bring this on a higher scale. Close those doors again. Look, guys, we have this opportunity and you need to hop in because we have insider information. It's not free, but... If you have access to X amount of dollars, mm -hmm. you can take advantage of this opportunity. So some of those people that had the capital to invest, mm -hmm. I can say I'm pretty confident that at least not 100% of those people in there used their own assets. And that's what I didn't do know it. either. <laughs> They're using capital that they built, built up, up from lines of credit, mm -hmm. credit cards, Reputation. things of that sort, you know, just and, and just other and, and other, you know, uh, uh, you know, you know, investment products. Mm -hmm. So they, they so the persons list risk was low. Mm -hmm. 
because they probably needed $100,000, but they probably only came out of pocket $15,000 of their own money, mm-hmm. got the other eighty-five from somewhere, somewhere else, else, Magic Johnson, made the Jamie. investment, and now they are on Daytona Beach. <laughs> or in Atlanta or right now, Super Bowl. At the Super Bowl. <laughs> and they're like, oh, dang, I just spent 50 grand at the Super Bowl this weekend. Oh, it's okay. I'm making that in my properties this month. Boom. Man, um, I wanted to ask you, I know you were explaining, um, I've been following you on Instagram, uh, following you on YouTube because you give so much free, good information, like information that I can apply right now and save and make money. And uh, one thing you were talking about was that intrigued me and got me learning was your personal credit is different than your business credit. And I just wanted to ask kind of, can you make that distinction of how they're different and um, how someone who maybe thinks they can't move towards their dream in their business because of their personal credit mm-hmm. and uh, um a mindset gateway to help them realize it's not really about that. You know what? Those are, those are two different animals. You know, mm-hmm. a cat, of course, is a feline. Mm-hmm. A lion is also a feline. feline. <laughs> but, but you are not <laughs> about animals. Those are two different animals. Yep. And it's the same thing with personal credit mm-hmm. versus business credit. Business credit really does open up the doors for you know anybody to take, you know, to to take their dreams to another level. Mm-hmm. Think about this. You as an individual, you have your home and you know, you have your family. Your son needs to do homework, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. So you want to get a computer for the house. Okay. And you go to Best Buy. Mm-hmm. You as just a single person or a single family, you really only need X amount of dollars for you to get the things that you need to run your household Effectively, yeah. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. On the other hand, now that's that's the cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now let's go over to the lion, mm-hmm. the business. Now you're a company with twenty employees, where you have five trucks, people out on the road, and you have ten people in the office being dispatched. Can everybody really work on that one computer effectively Mm-mm. to run that the business? Company. No. Everybody need a computer. Everybody need a computer. <laughs> you know? So so in order to run the business effectively, that business needs more capital. Mm-hmm. So when it comes down to the banks lending money mm-hmm. to a business versus a person, you can, it's like Grant Cardone, it's 10x. <laughs> it's, it's 10x. They're going to multiply the amount of capital they're willing to give you when you do, you know, have your business set up. 
Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it's, it's there's rules to it. There's a proper way to, to go about it, mm-hmm. an improper way to go on about it. But assuming um, everything, all T's are crossed and all I's are dotted, you know, a bank will give you that capital that you need to really, you know, get your business going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like to help people out with like tangible secrets because mm-hmm. one thing that people say in this generation is that you can find anything online and you can learn anything and that's really not all the way true there's really people out here like with secret secrets that you can't google you can't get online and you ain't gonna find out unless you paying them paying them 10 grand um i spent probably around 65 grand just on learning marketing in the last five six years mm-hmm. and so you know um, I had a friend of mine who had bad credit and didn't have business credit and I just taught him one secret that my mentor told me on how new banks technically have no customers so they're looking for people to loan money to and so he made a list of new banks and he reached out to all the new banks in a strategic way and he ended up getting a loan for $100,000 and he opened his own gym. Now, that's just that's just one little like secret out of the hundreds that you know. Um, so I wanted to ask, what is one tangible secret? Um, not giving away too much, but just giving people listening tons of value uh, a mindset gateway or a tangible thing that a lot of people don't know that would be a thousand dollars to value to them right now just to watch this on YouTube. You know what? There, when it comes down to, to getting capital mm-hmm. for your business, mm-hmm. there are a lot of points on the front end that is all computer generated. Mm-hmm. You're not even talking to a person yet. Mm-hmm. It's computer generated, mm-hmm. and there's you know if you you know there's more than twenty nine points to it, mm-hmm. and if you are able to not bypass mm-hmm. the computer, but meet the qualifications for what that computer is looking for, those twenty nine points hit those points. You you end up going to. You make it easier for you to to avoid a manual review. Okay. And what's a manual review? An actual person? Looking at it. And pretty much if you get a manual review. (laughs) You done. It's (laughs) They they be on you. They just just figure out a way to throw it out so they ain't got to deal with it. It's automatically. It's it's just about a guaranteed Mm -hmm. denial. Yeah. I mean, that's when they start asking for a lot more documents. That's when they want more information from you. And it 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 started off as a new business. Mm -hmm. You don't have, you don't really have all of the things that they're looking for Mm -hmm. so when it comes down to getting capital for a new Mm -hmm. small business and i'm gonna go over no some a few things that you that that that's pretty much mandatory assuming you don't have the perfect you don't have personal perfect Mm -hmm. personal credit yeah you know assuming that uh your business name did you know that there is a a a a, a, rest, a restricted list of industries for you to get loans and cap and get capital? 
Really? The like porn industry being one. Wow. The marijuana industry, taxi oh, companies, oh, oh, marijuana, marijuana industry. Yeah. Okay. So everybody wants to get into the marijuana business. Okay, keep going. You know, so yeah, uh, uh, you know, taxi industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a there's a, there's a long list of industries where they are considered to be high risk. Mm-hmm. So if your name. Uh, gives an indication that you are in that industry, they are more likely to deny your loan. Mm. And for people, for those who have started a business and went to your major bank yeah. to get funding, you know, a lot of people you know have experienced this, mm-hmm. not realizing that they have a name that categorizes them into one niche. Mm-hmm. You know of industries which is on a high risk list even though that's not their business but it doesn't matter because for them to tell the bank that that's not their business they need a manual review and once you're in manual review you're gonna get denied 99% of the times yep. anyway and they are and they asking they want mm-hmm. they want a whole lot of documentation once mm-hmm. again that a new startup business just does not have mm-hmm. along with your name mm-hmm. it needs to be the same exact thing on all of your documents. Okay. So when you go to set up a, you know, when you register your name with the IRS, mm-hmm. it needs to be this. It needs to be spelled the same exact way. If you have mm-hmm. ink in, you know, you know, in small letters mm-hmm. on one document, it needs to be the same exact way across, across the, the board. board, because that computer is wants it to be the same exact thing. They mm-hmm. want to make it as easy as possible to trace back where they're lending the money to. Yeah. And actually, um, in our heads, reaching out to banks and getting a loan seems so hard. And But it's, if you know what you're doing, it's actually easy. You just have to, like anybody in any conversation, any relationship, because you have a relationship with this bank, right. is know what that person wants and bring it to the table. Right. Um, it's it's knowing it's knowing the game. Knowing knowing, knowing the, game. the game, and you you make different decisions when you know what people are looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like for you if it's like it's like if your girl likes chocolate ice cream, <laughs> you're not about to come home <laughs> with strawberry ice strawberry. cream. <laughs> you're not about to do it because you know. She's about to tell you, ultimately, what, no matter what the attitude is like or what the, ultimately, the answer to how she's going to respond to you is going to be no. Exactly. I'm it's good. Be a negative response. <laughs> I'm straight. I told you I didn't want <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> or yeah. the or the whole, what you want to eat, babe? Oh, I don't care. Oh, let's go to McDonald's. I don't want that. Yeah. Come on. Here man. we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you also taught me... Um, one of the first things you taught me was how important um, your address is to credit. And so, you know, a lot of us, especially being passionate and helping black folks and how we want to really uplift black folks to um, the place of being kings and queens, which we are. Um, money's one of the things we got we to gotta take care of. And how you explained to me how if you live in certain areas, that computer will not want to give you a loan because the banks are thinking, if I have to repossess this thing, I don't want to have to go to these areas that are considered unsafe or whatever. 
And what I wanted to ask you is, do the banks, is it against black folk or is it really just the banks protecting themselves in the long run? And how can someone um, um, change their mindset so they just realize I got to do this, this, and this to get my loan, and it's not a racial thing. Or is it a racial thing? You know what? The Fair, uh, the Fair Credit Reporting Act makes it where, where the Equal Credit Opportunity Act mm-hmm. makes it where banks are not able to discriminate against race, mm-hmm. sex, um, your origin, anything of that sort. Mm-hmm. So nobody should be able to discriminate against you for virtually anything. Mm-hmm. When it comes down to, you know, the you know addresses and the number of addresses you have on mm-hmm. your credit report, there's the most popular credit score is a FICO score, mm-hmm. right? So whenever you go get a mortgage, you go get a car. Mm-hmm. You go to get a credit card. They are using your FICO credit mm-hmm. score. And there's a lots of different products for your FICO credit score. Mm-hmm. There's a certain mortgage FICO credit score. There's an auto FICO credit score. Mm-hmm. You know, there's FICO 8. There's FICO 9. So and pretty much there's just a whole lot of different really big math problems. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, normally, your, your, your address doesn't necessarily affect your FICO score. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's been you know, talks where in the auto industry, mm-hmm. while your address may not affect your FICO score, mm-hmm. there's been talks where it's like, okay, if this person has a lot of different addresses along with other negative information, you are more likely to be denied outright for that long. Mm-hmm. Or, once again, the name of this game is what? Risk. 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 The bank want to manage your risk. All right, I'm going to give you this $10,000 car, but I'm going to need a $3,000 deposit, <laughs> and you're going to have a 19% interest rate. How's that sound? <laughs> you're approved. <laughs> you're approved. But you got to pay me $1,000 a month. You know, um, I don't think so, I ever told you, but that information actually helped me get my car. Um, stupid purchase. Should have got me a little Honda Civic. But I drive a, you know, sports car, Audi, and that's the first thing I did. I went to my credit report. I deleted all the addresses except the one I was uh, living at. Mm-hmm. And then the one I was living at, or the I was living in L.A. in Venice. Mm-hmm. But the one I put on my credit score was my mom's house in Upland, in the hills, in the heights, where it's like nice areas, you know, quote unquote affluent areas. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. I didn't even try to hit any of the other points. I didn't even get back to you on none of that, but I did just that. And um, boom, got approved for a gang of money for the car. You know what I mean? And being that I had just, you know, had the problems with the house and all that stuff I had, bad stuff on my credit, but just that right there helped my auto FICO score, knowing the game, so I appreciate that, you know, you helped me uh, end up losing a lot more money in the long run in this expensive <laughs> car, but, okay, so 
just moving from the finances, just getting more into the, uh, you know, the the show's called The Success Code. Um, I want to ask you, what is success for you? Man, that's a really good question. So what is success for me? I want to make it clear when it, when I think about success, it success is self-defined. Mm-hmm. Success for me is not necessarily going to be the same for you, for me. nor for the next person. Yeah. Success, it takes steps. Mm-hmm. And the very first step that success takes is for any individual to be clear and be able to articulate what they really want and why they want Want that. Yeah. Why they want that. Mm -hmm. So for anybody who is going on, no, going on their journey of success, Mm -hmm. you know, get clear on what it is you want, but more importantly, why you want that. And there really is no right or no wrong as long as you are able to justify why you want that. Now, for me, you know, success to me is having a positive impact on a million people a million families, not people, but a million families, financial uh, outlook on life, mm-hmm. while in the process, me being able to have my time back. back. Because growing up for me, my father has always kept a really good job. Yeah. And with having that really good job, there's some give and there's some take. Yeah. So I had baseball games, basketball games, karate practices mm-hmm. where I'm very fortunate where I was able to, you know, take part in all of those activities. Mm-hmm. But, you know, time to time or at least most of the time you look mm-hmm. Look up in the stands. Yeah. Where you at? There's dad. You know, dad's not there. So, you know, me having, um, you know, me having a son, you know, I want to be able to, you know, be there for his games Mm -hmm. and, you know, for his activities Mm -hmm. while creating, you know, that that safe, that safe lifestyle for him. Mm And through my journey, mm-hmm. help other families create that. That same thing. For their families. Um, so I just want to back up because you t- so many good points here. Um, one, you got to be clear on what you want and why. And so the best number analogy one. I heard on that it's is number one thing. if you're going to shoot a gun at a target, you got to have a target first, right? <laughs> so <then> what? <laughs> and to shoot a bullet, you need gunpowder, a.k.a. emotion. So that's being clear, knowing your target. And then your, your why is the emotion that drives you every day that um, 
that it's not motivation. It's because mm-hmm. it, motivation is here and there. You might be motivated to hit the gym this week and next week you're not. But when you're driven and you don't feel like getting up, that's when you go, okay, what's my why? Man, look. I gotta get my ass up. You, you, you don't get tired when you inspire. For real. So you have to have something that really inspires you. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Rohn would say your why has to be big enough to where it pulls you forward. Yeah. You know, you're, you, so like you said, like the Mm -hmm. motivated, motivation is energy. 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 Oh, I'm motivated. I'm motivated. (laughs) Let's get it. You can motivate anybody. Yeah. But I mean, and it's not always the best mixture Mm -hmm. because let me ask you a question. What happens when you get motivation and an idiot? You get a motivated idiot. You get a fucking motivated idiot. <laughs> yeah. That boy is going downhill real fast. He's motivated. He's going the wrong way quicker. <laughs> real so he fast. ain't hitting no target. He just shooting. Boom. <laughs> you know, so you, so being clear on what it is you want, why you want that, mm-hmm. and then using that why to be inspired. Mm-hmm. You know, and let... So when you are doing those little things... Mm-hmm. It's not work. You don't care how long it's taking. It will make you stay up in the middle of the night or at least pull one or a night or a week. Mm-hmm. You know? Because you know, all right, it's just like working out. I'm going to do this mental exercise. The mm-hmm. mental exercise being staying up all night to complete whatever you're trying to complete. Yeah. I'm going to do this. In the beginning, it's hard. But super hard it is and that's the hardest part because your mind people always talk about the mind this thing actually is against you this thing don't want you it wants consistency it wants the old it wants it wants survival of the past that's Mm -hmm. why i tell people um you have to be clear about what you're willing to die for yeah that's your why what are you willing to die for is that a person is that your mom your kids is that a concept is that black people is that homosexual rights whatever that is that you're willing to die for will drive you because your mind is all about survival so if you're willing to die for this thing your mind will you you'll push through it you'll be driven and Mm -hmm. uh another thing that you were talked about was you wanted to be there because your dad didn't go to your games and you know i played basketball at a high level and that bothered me that my mom didn't go to my games. And, you know, she would say sometimes, you know, you make the championship game, I'll show up. But one of my whys is her. So I was playing, striving, um, driven because I wanted to make a better life for her. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she wasn't going, it took away some of that drive, which in the long run worked out well because I'm doing what I'm doing today. But I just find that super important, especially when I work at a job. I used to work at the job. People would be like, um, you know, you got to do this. You got to have energy for your job. Do this, this, this for your job. I'm like, no, bro. Your kids and your family is first. Mm-hmm. You have a job. Your job doesn't have you. And so that's a really big distinction. 
Seriously. That's the next level. And then lastly was... Um, you know I beat you in ball right now, right? Huh? Basketball? Yeah, you yeah. know that, right? Yeah, stop. I'll be back, too. I'll be back, too. Hey, I, I just, I just played that. these three dudes, hey. one on three, spotted them five points to 15 for $100. Uh-huh. Easy work. People, okay. People got to stop. Like, okay. if you didn't hoop, you know what I'm saying? You hoop, so you understand. Yeah. But these three dudes <laughs> never played... So in their head, they was like, three on one? Oh, that's easy. Like, that easy. Then you got out there. As soon as I got that first rebound, y'all know this game is over. Like, I'm about to run circles around y'all. Um, but yeah, man, that's just that's just a great decision. Uh, knowing what you want to hit, finding your why, being driven, and um, going from ignorant to educated is just pattern recognition at that point. It's just pattern recognition. Because yeah. you, you develop a new pattern. Yeah. You, you seriously do. You develop a new pattern where, you know, mentally you become stronger. Mm-hmm. And nothing at all comes to you because you want it. Nothing does. Wanting something is not enough. Nothing, nothing comes to you because of... Uh, the amount of time you put towards something mm-hmm. because you can just put time towards something but it cannot but you can also put you know you can, you can be putting 10% of the right type of energy towards that goal towards whatever mm-hmm. and in the, in the beginning this is you know through my journey mm-hmm. this is what I've come to find in the beginning you know things were hard but as I continue to put the time towards my craft, I became more and more effective mm-hmm. at what I was doing, and I and I real and I real and it's the thing of, of, of realizing it. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing something, you're going the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You have to real, you have to be honest with yourself, realize it, it, and correct so it. So you could change. So you can change. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of us, we all end up where we are because of because of the data that we had, mm-hmm. the um, data that we've had in the past is what led us here today. Um, one of my mentors, Ed Rush, before he was a business consultant, he flew. Uh, he was an air fighter pilot, and he talked about how in dogfighting, you had to be three or four moves ahead of the person you're fighting against, or you're gonna get ate up alive. And he ended up being one of the best in the world at fighting. And even though other countries had better planes, America was always better because they realized this, the person who can move the fastest and see the furthest wins at war every time. And that's what this is, it's war, business is war. So if you can see the future, be um, steps ahead of everyone else, but also being able to move fast and correct quickly Mm-hmm. You'll be able to take it to another level because you go, boom. You know, power is a decision. Boom, you make a decision. Damn, this wasn't it. Up, oh, boom, go this way. Up, oh, this right. wasn't it. Boom, go this way. While somebody else is sitting there trying to figure it out. Nah, 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 nah. Just go. go. Just go. Just push it to the next level. And that's serious, you know, because how, how many times have, you know, you've been sitting down doing something mm-hmm. and you say, man, I've been doing this for two hours. I've been working towards my stream for two hours. Mm-hmm. But really, were you 
was that time intended to be used for the full two hours, mm. but you spent maybe, you know, an hour and 10 minutes kind of going back and forth between what you were doing and your phone, mm. looking at Facebook, getting distracted. I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of it. Hey, I, I'm but, so bad I got to put it in the other room. Yeah. I got to put it in the but other But see, this is the thing. You realize it mm. and you're taking action to, <laughs> to counteract it, to counteract yeah. it, to make yourself better at your craft, to make mm. yourself better at what you are focusing on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's something that I believe to be very important for anybody who's going on their journey of success. You know, give you might have to, you're gonna have to give up something. You're gonna have to sacrifice something. Yeah. And for everybody, it's different. Somebody might be sacrificing, you know, going to Starbucks. For other people, it might be sacrificing, you know, a night of sleep at night. Mm-hmm. If for you know, it might be sacrificing going out on Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. It might for everybody, it's different. Um. So it's no one size fits all answer to it all, mm-hmm. but understand for yourself or partner you know, mentors are, are is I believe are, are absolutely needed man having yourself surrounded by the right people osmosis is that can make or break you mm-hmm. and for for me that might just be that uh, you know that thing that needs to be changed that might yeah. be that action that needs to be taken for you to Go start going the right way, mm-hmm. you know. So, ultimately, the point that I'm making is, if you you know going on, going towards your journey of success, um, identify what actions are going to help you take those steps towards your goal, mm-hmm. and identify what actions are holding you back Mm -hmm. from achieving your goal. Mm. And then cut out those and add those actions. One of my best favorite quotes is on that, knowing your environment and the people around you. So so many people say it, the people around you, but nobody actually is actually doing it, actually, because it's hard to cut a friend out. You know, they're still a friend, but of course, um, the quote was, your results are directly proportionate with the expectations of your peer group and that's so clutch because you get around people on a certain level you like (laughs) i gotta get to this level too and they can show you how to do it and you will rise to that level so it's just getting in those doors you know for the longest time you know I would think I was a genius and I was smart and I knew so much stuff. And I was like, nobody's giving me any agreement on it. It's like, Roy, come on, bro. You're writing quotes out here. People made fun of me. Then I just got in different rooms. Mm -hmm. And getting in different rooms, I was saying the same stuff. And people, that was genius. Where you you read that at? Oh, I came up. You came up with that? Mm -hmm. Bro, you're anointed. And it threw me off like, why is this billionaire telling me this? Mm-hmm. When Bob that I grew up with my whole life ain't and then it just hit me billionaire has a faculty of observation of knowing success and I love you but they just don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know what you don't know. And so last night I was inspired to write a book. I wrote a whole book last night because you wrote a book that you're about to launch. 
Um, make sure you guys go get making your credit comeback. Follow by I'm. I'll let you do it. Tell everybody where they can follow you um, and uh, get free value from you. Where they could get your book and what you and your next book you got coming. Certainly, certainly. So, look. Of course, if you hop on Facebook and you just search Byron Grimm, you will find me there. Um, so it's on Facebook, so you can search up, you know, look up Byron Grimm. That's B Y R O N, last name Grimm, and you will find me. Um, you know, you definitely get some some uh, really good information that mm-hmm. you know you will be able to, you know, that you'll be able to use in life. And it's not much cliche talk. Mm-hmm. You know, cliche talk is uh, is that. Oh, what you doing? Oh man, I'm grinding. I'm hustling. No, it's do this. What is do that? This, what this, does this, that this. mean? Yeah. You know, really, what are the real? What can I do? One, two, three. One, two, three. Boom. Boom. And this is how you improve. So the Byron Grimm, or you can you know, also find Credit Comeback on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, on Instagram, you can find me at B, the number three dot Solid Foundation. So B three Solid Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me on Instagram, and then of course everything look the, on all platforms. Credit comeback is no is what you are able to find um, on Instagram. You can catch making your credit comeback bestseller. Bestseller. Eleven expert tips and complete guide to improving your credit. Mm-hmm. This is on Amazon. Mm-hmm. You can find hard copy, e copy. Um, you know both things, and soon we're gonna be having the uh, the audio book for you. Oh, there you so go. So that way, hey, my thing is convenience, mm-hmm. man. I, you ask my son, and you 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 ask my son, yo, B three, what y'all listen to in the car? You gonna say brain food? Brain, <laughs> ooh, ooh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> brain food, little music. Little I'm a West Coast cat, so I always got to play some West Coast music mm-hmm. here and there. But most importantly, I turn my car into a library. Yeah, you know, you get we we down here in sunny California, so of course we got to drive traffic, <laughs> driving for hours. You know, so um, the audio version will be coming out soon, and you know, and then also like I said, so like you know, like like you mentioned, you know, my next book coming out, um, the five things you must do to build excellent credit. That's going to be coming out, mm-hmm. you know, as well. And that's for the person where, like, you just want a quick read, mm-hmm. um, something, pardon me, something, no, something, it's just a quick read for you because this is the, 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 the making your credit comeback mm-hmm. goes into the de- some of the details of the laws that govern um, your consumer rights. Why and how can you dispute? negative stuff on your credit report mm-hmm. why is that even you know why is that even legal yeah um it breaks down in detail your fico score mm-hmm. how do they calculate it mm-hmm. um you know so it goes into the details of some of the whys behind the why um but this next book is going to be is going to break down look these are the just the, these are the five things that you have to do mm-hmm. where i break down the very simple all right, if I was to read this book, mm-hmm. simply tell me the five simple things I have to do, do to, to get this outcome. To get this outcome. And that make it very, 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 very simple. simple. Mm-hmm. Um, so that book will be coming out soon where if you do, you know, you grab that book. And once again with that, we're going to have the audio version as well. Mm-hmm. Hard copy, e-copy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you will absolutely walk away. You will walk away with information that you are able to start to employ right away to improve your financial reputation. And not only that, more you know, more importantly, you can take that information, share it with your kids, and know exactly what outcome you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And the best thing about this information is that the information is duplicatable. Mm-hmm. You can do this over and over, over and over. There's not a trend. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that's going to be here today and gone tomorrow. This is actual information that's here. That's here, and it, like I said, the FICO score, mm-hmm. which is the one that you really want to be concerned about, it for the most part comes from the. It's the information on exactly how do you not. I don't want to say manipulate because manipulate is a negative, negative term. Influence. And how do you influence? Mm-hmm. You know. The, the 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 actions that will positively affect your FICO score. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. All right. So I'll put all that in the show notes. Um, how to reach Byron, and we're doing a seminar together. Tools for successful living coming next month. Next month, March second. Uh, we're going to be pushing that out. And um, one of the reasons why you know we had to get together to do this is because. He's got the info to take you to that next level. And I got the, the, the self-improvement performance part where you will apply it on the next level. And when you have the mindset and the tangible stuff, you just take it to that next level. So seriously, look out for that. And um, there you go. Loving on you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Follow Byron. You already following me. Share this. Like, subscribe, wherever you get this. It's going to be the podcast, the YouTube, all of that stuff. And, press um, that share button. It don't, it don't run up your internet. It don't <laughs> run up your minutes. It don't cost nothing. It don't cost nothing. You know what I mean? Bang that share button. And um, go out there. Thank you, guys. Love you, guys. And always remember to be yourself. Peace. Peace.